Hey guys, you're listening to Millennials at the Movies. I'm Amy. And I'm Novi. And today's choice is 1993 Adam's Family. According to Google Movies, when a man claiming to be Fester, the missing brother of Gomez Adams, arrives at the Adams home, the family is thrilled. However, Morticia begins to suspect that the man is a fraud, since he cannot recall details of Fester's life. With the help of lawyer Tully Alford, Fester manages to get the Adams clan evicted from their home. Gomez realizes the two men are conspiring to swindle the Adams fortune and that he must challenge Fester. <laughs> it's streaming on Stars and DirecTV and on Rotten Tomatoes. The critics give it a 64 and the audience gives it a 66. Wow. I'm it's surprised at low. that. It really is low. I'm very surprised at that. I, Maybe I, just because it's like an our childhood movie. <laughs> Maybe. to be higher. Maybe. And the thing is, two things. First of all, I love how serious a movie it sounds like in the synopsis. <laughs> like, it's it sounds like this really serious thing that you're going to be watching, and it's really the complete opposite of that, basically. Um, Especially because I don't remember a lot of those things really happening in the movie. <laughs> I don't remember there being this big challenge. No, no, there's definitely no big challenge. Um, but I also hadn't seen this movie because I know you're a huge fan of the Adams Family movies. Um, I hadn't seen this movie since I was a child, probably. I don't remember the last time I saw it. I'm imagining the last time I saw it was close to around the time it came out. Maybe 10 years at most after that I might have seen it again. But that's still a really long time ago. Um, so... I went into this not having that much of a connection aside from, and I'm going to say her name the way I say it, even though you say it differently and 50 other people probably say it differently as well. But Christina Ritchie was my like childhood hero. I loved her and I wanted to be her. Um, so she was my real connection to this movie. Um, other than that, I didn't remember too much about it until I started watching it again. So my, like even if before I rewatched it, if you told me that the ratings were that low, I still would have been surprised. And it, it, I don't think it has to do with my childhood so much. Just, I thought because of other people's childhoods, you know, it should be higher. <laughs> Speaking of watching this in our childhoods, though, there was like a lot of S and M in this movie. Yeah. That is so connected <laughs> to mine and probably a lot of other people's childhood yeah just watching it back it's like wow they are they're 50 shades of gray they <laughs> have a lot of a hardcore but they're talking constantly gomez and morticia about the kinky ass shit they do and how much they like to hurt each other in bed <laughs> yep okay and i'm gonna say I'm pretty sure, unknowingly, and not because of the SNM shit, I'm pretty sure that for me, you know how like little girls grow up watching fairy tales and like and like wanting to be Cinderella and the, just wanting their prince charming and that's the perfect love. So as they grow up, they're like, no one's gonna be right for me because I haven't found my true prince charming yet. Blah blah blah, right? I'm pretty sure I've been fucked in my expectations of love because I have wanted somebody who will look at me and love me the way that Gomez looks at and loves Morticia. He sees nobody else in the entire universe. You, like other women, do not exist to this man. That is his woman. And he, like, worships her. Probably quite literally. Um... So, SNM aside, their love story is the best love story. It is. And I think it's that whole thing of there's someone out there for everyone, I guess. Yeah. They're both very strange people. <laughs> they have very strange kinks. Mm -hmm. And they fit each other perfectly. And they have that back and forth snark. Yeah. It's like, I love the snark. I want the snark. Yeah. Exactly. They they really are perfect for each other. And it's, it's, I remembered it anyway, because that's a relationship I think everybody is familiar with. And you automatically remember the like hand and then over up the over up and over the arm kisses that he does. Um, everybody like that's iconic. Everybody remembers that. And so you like everybody knows they loved each other a lot. But then rewatching it, I was just like, 
it's even more perfect than I remembered. He starts the movie watching her sleep and yeah. is talking to, I believe, the severed hand that hears them somehow. <laughs> it makes sense. Don't question things. And says, <laughs> look at her. I would die for her. I would kill for her. Either way, bliss. <laughs> yes. And it's the perfect setup to make you understand not only them as a couple, mm. but that this movie is going to be a dark comedy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think right away, you even before any, I, like even without hearing everybody in the family speak, you already know individually a little bit about each one of them. You know what I mean? Like even the kids, before they've even said anything, you see them and you have expectations. You know that these are not normal children. <laughs> They're not, but I appreciate that it has a slightly gothy vibe without trying so hard to be goth. It's mm-hmm. very stylized, but it's not a cliche. Yeah, I agree. I also really love, I think sometimes um, movies, TV shows, whatever, when they try to do something where like a family's supposed to be a little bit fucked up, they take it too far. I'm thinking like, Family Guy, for example, I know it's a weird connection because it has nothing to do with the goth thing. But when you have a family that's supposed to be so awful all of the time, but then they're constantly hating on each other, I hate that. Versus um, The Simpsons, you do see, like for the siblings, for example, in The Simpsons, and I know this is going really far away for me to say what I'm about to say, but um, I love seeing that you can have something like The Simpsons where they are fucked up and they don't get along all the time, but then you do have the brother and sister who will stand up for each other and they clearly love each other. And you see that with this family as well, with the Adamses, like Wednesday is constantly trying to do things that are very very bad for Pugsley um like you know electrocution and um is it a I think she shoots an arrow in the beginning of the movie into an apple which is in his mouth and while he's complaining about it or whatever she says don't be a baby I know what I'm doing and I love that because it's like she's not actually going to kill him and as fucked up as they are and how much they love torture and death and all that kind of stuff she's not actually going to kill her brother. She's not actually going to cause serious harm to her brother, you know? And I love that because you can see that they care about each other and it's heartwarming, I guess. (laughs) It's very different too, because even the person on the other end of the torture enjoys it. Even later on, she's going to electrocute him and they don't have time because they have (laughs) a charity auction. And, the mother is like no I said no we don't have time (laughs) and Pugsley who's about to be electrocuted is like come on mom please (laughs) yeah so it's a game for them yeah exactly they're they're a great family aren't they go ahead (laughs) but I appreciate that it isn't all done in like the traditional goth cliche style there's mm-hmm. more to the characters than just that stereotype. Yeah. And adding things in like the sword fighting and golf and <laughs> being obsessed with the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> those kind of things make them more just weird people mm-hmm. than just this gothy stereotype that would get old quickly. Yeah, I agree. And the golf thing was ridiculous. And I love that they brought it back later. Because when you first see him hitting the golf ball into the man's house um, and breaking his window, um, it's like, you know that it's a funny thing. And when it comes back, when he and um, Uncle Fester do it, um, I immediately, and I didn't remember the golf specifically but I immediately had a feeling that that was going to be even bigger later like it was going to come back again I just didn't know how it was going to and I enjoyed that it did in not quite an enjoyable way for them (laughs) um but yeah like like the ridiculousness of that and then when Morticia is cutting the roses off of the what are they stems I guess like she's cutting the actual flowers off 
And it was done as such a little like background thing that she was doing, but it was so stupid and it was so funny. And I think that really built up this movie to be able to have all of the weird shit it ended up having. And I'm going to say it this way, the weird shit as in the like weird mother son thing that they had happen. Oh, you mean the like borderline Norma Bates yep. mother son shit? Absolutely. That I didn't remember. I didn't remember that woman at fucking all. Like through I this whole her. movie. I, I didn't remember her. You loved her, you said? Yeah. Oh, I won't say that I thought that she was a good person. She <laughs> was such a great character. Yeah. To see her go between, because we're going to set this up. <laughs> yeah, let's. <laughs> Gomez's brother, Fester, has been missing for many years due to a fight they had one night. Mm-hmm. He blames himself. Uh, Gomez's lawyer, Tully, who is a dick. <laughs> Absolutely. Lack of better words. <laughs> sees a woman that he owes money to and her son, who is trying to shake him down. And realizes that the sun is a spitting image for Fester Adams and hatches this plan with them to get access to the Adams house so that they can steal their money. Yep. And the mother has found Fester Adams tangled in a tuna net after a trip to the Bermuda Triangle with amnesia. Has convinced him that he is her son in order to use him as muscle to shake down people who owe her money. Yeah. And she has him so brainwashed that it's it's very abusive the way she treats him. Sometimes she'll slap him and say, Oh no, look what you made me do. You hurt you made me hurt my baby. Mm. And he really has no way of handling himself in that situation but her going from being that to being a perky like the sound of music doctor (laughs) yeah calls herself dr pinderschloss and talks in a very heavy dutch accent and jay is like oh go tell it on the mountain we have found your son (laughs) That was actually good. <laughs> I'm not even going to pretend like I can do the accent. I wasn't sure what the hell the accent was supposed to be. You know what the accent so is? Good. It's a gold member, but a woman. It's <laughs> doing gold member. Yes. That's wonderful. Um, yeah, she was, she was very enjoyable as a doctor. I will say that, or the, you know, non-doctor doctor. Um, that was enjoyable. I could listen to her speak all day and it would be hilarious. Um, the abusive scenes, the like, and, and there was the physical abuse of the slap, but then there was also the like, just, oh, mother. Oh, who's that? I, I seem to have forgotten or whatever. And like, just making him feel bad for what he's done. And especially because she like puts emphasis on the word date. Cause she's like, oh yeah, go do whatever you want like party and date and it's just like it what no what what are you implying woman because I don't like it I mean I know she's not his real mother obviously but it's still not fucking okay (laughs) it's not but it's a uh control tactic yeah and it works very well on poor Fester it's Albert's mother from bye bye birdie oh yep wow we have come full circle what i said all of the circles uh well there's also tully the actor who plays tully and i don't remember his name but he was in first wife's club and that was fun for me to see because i didn't remember that he was in this either (laughs) i come i didn't even place that until you said so but yeah he was oh immediately i saw him like hey it's him and you know what he's a bigger dick in this than he is in first wife's club so well, in First Wives Club, by the end, you kind of were okay with him potentially getting a happy ending. Yeah. In this one, not so much. Nope. Nope. Well, However, 
Mm-hmm. I hated his wife too. I hated his wife at the beginning so much that, and then I had a weird moment where I was like, wait, who is this woman when we see her later with cousin it? So I was like, who the fuck was this again? I didn't remember her, you know? Um, and then I, I realized like who it was supposed to be and what was going on. Like it took me a second to realize it, I guess. Um, and it was already basically to the point, I thought she was useless at that point. Like she didn't add anything to the story for me. So it didn't really matter, um, that she, whether she was there or not, but I really, really disliked her at the beginning. So I don't think there was a way for them to have really brought her back unless they had a whole separate movie on her and we got to see why she was such a bitch to her husband, you know? Well, her husband was also an asshole. He was. Yeah. She was my least favorite character. Hmm. Okay. Because the two worst things a character can do in a movie for me Mm. are being very annoying and Mm. not advancing the plot in any way. And she did both of those things. That's a good point. Could have cut her completely out of the movie and it wouldn't have been even slightly different, except for there would have been mildly less bestiality. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't know what cousin it is supposed to be. Uh, I really don't. (laughs) I don't know, but (laughs) I I don't like cousin it. Sorry, I know he's a How dare you? Adam's family mainstay but he's a minion with hair he doesn't (laughs) he just comes in says a bunch of like syllables that don't mean anything and then everyone laughs yeah I could I could do without cousin it and I didn't need him and her flirting yeah I didn't need them getting married Mm. well okay and here's here's how I was looking at all of that. Um, first of all, when I was thinking of like a character I hated, I immediately thought of the mom just because it was she was so awful and I didn't like the character. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I think thinking about it in your way now, I would probably have chosen Margaret in the way where it was like, well, that's what I was saying. I'm like, I didn't care that she was there. I didn't even remember who the hell she was at first. Um so yeah, it was kind of a pointless thing to have her there. And I'm not sure what they were going for. Um, and then what you said about Cousin It, I loved Cousin It as a kid. I remember that because it was meant for kids to like him, her, it, it. Um, <laughs> but uh, as an adult, I was just like, oh yeah, Cousin It. I remember, okay, this is stupid. Why are we still doing this? You know, like why did Cousin It come back at the end? Um, exactly. However, Lurch doesn't say anything, and I fucking love Lurch. I will fight you on that shit. You cannot take that away from me. I no. love Lurch. I don't know why. I have no explanation at all, but I love Lurch. I love Lurch, but in this movie, I don't think Lurch had enough to do. Mm. And Lurch is a member of their family. He's not just like their butler. Yeah. I don't think he was in this movie enough for me to really have any opinion on him and almost the same thing with Morticia's mother yeah that's a I good mean, point. they were kind of there because they were in the original uh tv show mm-hmm. but I don't think either of them had a big portion in this movie the biggest portion of this movie that Lurch really played a hand in was when the family all went out to see a play and mother was trying to, you know, calling her mother makes it really <laughs> Norman Bates. <vibes. laughs> That's the point, isn't it? <laughs> but she was trying to break into the house and the Ivy vines kidnapped her mm-hmm. and Lurch found her there. That's right. And she starts yelling at him instead of keeping her character and going, Oh no, I was looking for my patients. Please help me. She's like, get me down from here, you idiot. And it's like, did you really find that was gonna be helpful? Why one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think my favorite thing about Lurch being in this was the way that Wednesday was with Lurch, and it's weird, but like he holds out the um little paper lunch bag thing for them. 
um, on their way to school. And she she's all adorable. She walks up and she takes in, thanks, Lurch, and she walks away. And then later when they find Wednesday, um, and at first Gomez is the one that picks her up, but then Lurch is the one like carrying her and walking her um, back home. And when he sets her down, she like smiles up at him all sweet and adorable. And I was like, oh, like it's, I don't know. It was like seeing, I feel like the person I, I expected to see the least emotions from was Wednesday for some reason going into the movie. And she, I, I liked seeing little bits like that, whether it was with Pugsley or whether it was with, I guess, Lurch. I, I don't think we see it. And we see it a little with Fester, but um those are important to me and I can't explain why. So it was nice having Lurch there for us to see that a little bit. It more. was important for all of them, I think, to really have emotions. Yeah. Because otherwise these are the villains. That's true. I mean, not in this story, mm. but the entire point of it is that these are perfectly nice people that are just a little odd that are being taken advantage of by the system and by these corrupt people. Mm-hmm. And they're just a little strange, but they're not evil. Yeah. So seeing them care so much about each other and have those moments of family are very important. Yeah. They they are. And, I, and I'm glad that we got to see even little bits and pieces in the background that wasn't like in your face so much, but it was still there and subtle and cute. It was. I want to um, talk about Fester, though. Okay. Because this is not something that I've really considered before in my life. Mm-hmm. But Christopher Lloyd is <laughs> probably one of the best comedic actors of his generation. I also had to stare so long and hard at Fester to be like, how the fuck is that? him this is not the same person what the actual fuck is happening because i didn't know it was christopher lloyd i maybe i did at some point in my life but i didn't remember i'll say it that way and so when i was looking up um actors and stuff that were in this i realized that it was him and i was like whoa what the hell <laughs> and so that was a big surprise and i think i don't know i don't know how the hell they made him look so different but it was well done but yeah, I agree. He, this role was played fucking perfectly. <laughs> it was, and in a way, it's two separate roles because he has to be right. Gordon and he also has to be Fester. Yeah, and he has to be that weird part in the middle where he thinks he's Gordon, but he's actually Fester and is starting to remember himself. Mm-hmm. And in general, Christopher Lloyd has been in some of my favorite movies like Clue and Back to the Future and this. Mm-hmm. Those are three very different, very funny performances. Yeah. And there are a lot of comedic actors that I like. I really do. Like, I love Tim Curry. You know I do. One of the funniest people on the mm-hmm. planet. Mm-hmm. Always does that one thing. Very good at that one thing. Love him in that one thing. Christopher Lloyd does all three of those things and they're kick-ass. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I hadn't put that much thought into it, but yeah, absolutely. He, and I'm, I'm, it's not like I'm a huge Christopher Lloyd fan. It's not like I'm a huge fan of his movies even necessarily, but he, and we always do this, but I want, I can't wait till we have to watch, have to, until we watch Back to the Future. Um, But he is so good. Yeah, I know we will, because that's not one you're going to let us get away with not doing so um but uh yeah he he really like you can picture him in anything that he's been in if you've seen it once even if you haven't seen back to the future you know him from back to the future and that's that all alone is huge and i think how constantly terrified of everything gordon slash fester was at the beginning Mm-hmm. was so funny and they played it for just long enough where yeah. he got there and the food was moving <laughs> yep and there were screams in the house in the night and there was a hand just running around <laughs> yeah and morticia comes to unpack his bag that was so good it. yeah, yeah. because it's 
full of all of this random shit, like chains and crowbars and <laughs> dynamite. And yeah. then she pulls out a vial of cyanide and he like grabs it from her. She's like, oh, festers, if we'd run out. <laughs> and he looks at her like, oh my God, what are, where am I? What did I get myself in? <laughs> yeah, he had no idea. And he thought he was being prepared to like, be the one with the upper hand and then it's uh we can't say hand by the way you said something about a hand earlier too but yeah he thought he he was gonna have one up on them i guess um and i'm gonna say one of my favorite things of this movie that i did Uh, oh god damn it Because I didn't even do that on purpose. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, but the puns. The puns made me so freaking happy. I loved... And they weren't constant. It's not like they were were constantly doing uh, puns. But there were so many perfectly timed ones. Like... At the, it's towards the beginning, and I don't even remember what uh, Thing has done specifically in that scene, but Morticia says, Thing, you're a handful. And I was like, yes, yes, thank you. And then um, Gomez says it later. Um, something about him giving a hand, I think. Sorry, yeah. I should have written that one down too, but it was something like that about him like being helpful, but like he says, way to... Lend a hand. Land a hand, yeah, that's what it was, I think. Um, and it was so good, though. It Every time, and I'm, I'm a lover of puns, so every time they had one, I was like, yes, good, keep going, give me more. <laughs> I also like that Thing did play a bigger role in the movie than just being the hand that made them do puns. He yeah. had his own character and his own role that he played. Mm-hmm. Also, a real creepy relationship with Fester. <laughs> yep. Like, if your kitten falls asleep on your belly at night, it's cute. If a severed hand falls asleep like an inch from your dick, <laughs> it feels weird. Maybe. Okay, so now here's my question. Do we ever find out, like, what the rest of thing or who the rest of thing, I guess, is. Okay, there what? is no rest of thing. But As he's a severed he, hand. He is not a severed hand. He's oh, just a hand. He's just a hand. There's no wrist bone sticking out. It is a solid top of flesh. Just a hand. I'm going to say that there's a rest of um, him. And maybe that the, the rest of him and the person that was, this is all that's left of him. And maybe they did have a romantic relationship, and now this is all that's left of him, so they continue to have a romantic relationship. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> it's sweet. <laughs> We're not getting into the second movie yet, but they do oh, imply God. that Thing lends a hand every oh, now. I know. <laughs> childhood, and this was supposed to be the child friendly <laughs> Halloween movie series we picked. Yep. And I'm realizing right now how much it has <laughs> in common with the next movies we're doing. Oh boy. <laughs> we're we're good at child friendly movies, aren't we? Um Never. Yeah. Um, I also, uh, that I, I have no problems with that, by the way, but I also really loved the thing with the books because I didn't remember that either. So I remembered a lot of little things and then I didn't remember a lot of like bigger things, I guess, like the bad guy in the movie or the bad guys, I guess, because there's two of them. Um, I didn't remember them at all. Um, but anyway, the books and how like it starts with Gone with the Wind and um Tully opens the book and right I think it's Tully and wind blows in his face from the book yes. and I was like huh interesting and I didn't think it was going to be something they played with more and then it is and it's so good because then Tully is sitting there oh what is the book title I don't remember what the book title is but he's like sunbathing so it has something to do with the sun and he's sitting there with a book in his face. Like people used to hold like aluminum foil things to get a suntan, which is the dumbest thing, by the way. But he's sitting there with the sun in his face from the book and it's brilliant. Um, and then obviously the final use with the hurricane is great too. But those little ones were even better. I thought those were really cute. The way into the vault opens via the book. Green. Yes. So yeah. <laughs> that was good too. 
I loved the vault. I loved that Fester was trying to get away from the family so he could go find the vault. And mm-hmm. Gomez is like, nope, today we're going straight to the vault. And- <laughs> yeah. When they get to the vault, though, mm-hmm. Gomez starts to question Fester because he doesn't remember the combination to get in. Mm-hmm. And the combination is 2, 10, 11, as in eyes, fingers, toes. <laughs> First off, Fester is supposed to have amnesia, so him not remembering isn't that big of a deal. No. But at that point, wouldn't Fester find it a little bit disturbing to find that the 11 toe anomaly is an Adam's family trait and he has 11 toes? <laughs> Because this might be the first time he's been told that that's not a basic human thing. Right. And you would figure at that point, he'd just be like, wait, wait, wait. (laughs) Eleven. I have eleven toes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't the smartest guy, though, was he? No. (laughs) But subtle jokes like that were just what this movie was really good at. Yeah, I agree. They they just I I feel like going into it too, I expected it to be very in your face, kinda of what you were saying. You're glad you know, you love that this movie doesn't do. I really did think everything was gonna be in your face because that's how I remembered it, you know? Like in my mind, the things I remembered were a bigger deal. Um, but then but then they're so subtle, there's such little things throughout it and it's so well done that it it never gets annoying. It never feels like, okay, fine. Where's the actual story? Because now all we have is like stupid little things that we're just supposed to be learning about this family, but nothing ever happens. Cause in my head, nothing was going to happen. Cause I didn't remember there was a bad guy. So, <laughs> you know, my favorite of these subtle visual jokes was what a grandmama is cooking for the family and she has two cookbooks open in front of her mixing bowl. The Joy mm. of Cooking and a copy of the Grey's Anatomy textbook. <laughs> I didn't, I don't think I caught that. <laughs> or I just didn't pay any attention to it. It's such a uh, subtle joke. And they don't yeah. make a big stink of like, oh, they're probably eating people. But it's yeah, right there if you're looking for it. Well, and you know what? That doesn't bother me. But when they're in the hotel or motel or whatever, um, and Graham, what is it? Oh, no, don't, don't. This is no time for that. Um, Never. It's never time. Okay. Um, Grandmama is outside and um, she's chasing a cat. And then she says, dinner's gonna be late and then she goes back out there and she's chasing a dog and I don't think I caught it as a kid I'm pretty sure I didn't catch it as a kid and as an adult I went you can eat as many fucking humans as you want leave the dogs and cats alone damn it (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah there's that I also enjoy the little um when they're sitting there and um Morticia is telling them basically like we're Adams is we're going to be fine. We're going to like, we can handle this. We're going to get past this and we're going to win, blah, 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 whatever. And she's telling the story of the, the tortoise and the hare, which was great by the way. But when she's doing that whole thing, Wednesday's sitting there eating cereal and she looks at her bowl of cereal in such disgust. And it was so good because it's like this colorful sugary, like, I don't know what it was, but some sugary ass um, cereal that kids love. And she's looking at it like, gross. Why is this something people eat? <laughs> yeah, it was it was really good. She's such a good actress, by the way. Like, talk about child actors that did a really good job. Because like Pugsley was good, too. But I feel like at least in this one, I don't remember anything in detail in, about um, the second movie. But in this, um, Christina Ricci does such a good job with the constant blank face, dead eyes, like no reaction to anything ever, you know? It's so well done and the lines are delivered so perfectly. You forget that she is a child, you know? Yeah, she 
does such a great job. I think with Pugsley, it's not that the actor doesn't do a good job. He just doesn't have much to do. Yeah. Wednesday of the two children has a lot more. And when he's in a scene, it's a, the kids are doing a thing and not just a him thing. Yeah. But she tends to take more after Morticia and he takes more after Gomez because Gomez is quite perky compared to the others. He really he has is. He a yeah. lot of energy and he has so many emotions. Yep. He really does. He was enjoyable to watch as an adult because I started to like appreciate him as a like as a man, you know what I mean? Whereas as a kid he was just like he was the dad I didn't really care. I didn't want to see him, you know. Um but as an adult I appreciated seeing this like well-rounded person who was a man but also was kind of a softy and was kind of a child at times because he liked to play around and whatever you know so it was it was great to see that and I think he's the one that kept it from getting too gothy with his mm. model trains and his sword <laughs> and calling Sally Jesse Raphael to ask for the cult meets yeah, that was great. The, the train was the best, though. The fact that the whole family was sitting there like, oh, no, your father's playing with his trains. Like, it, that's how they knew that he was in a really bad mood. And it was so good. It's so stupid. But, like, that that's how he got out his frustrations. And every turn the train took, they were like, oh, no. <laughs> It was so stupid and so wonderful. This is something that Fifty Shades of Grey could learn from. Um, <laughs> when the man is mad, he doesn't take it out on his S&M partner or his children. He goes and crashes some model trains. <laughs> Punishment is for fun time, not for mean time. <laughs> so that's our um, message with this movie. That's the lesson we all learn. From a PG um, thirteen. <laughs> oh man. Well then I think that's the um assignment that everyone should be given in college. If you go to college, you have to watch Adam's family and you have to learn from it. Speaking of which, that leads mm-hmm. perfectly into my favorite quote. Oh goody. They are at the school, the whole family for Wednesday and Pugsley's school mm-hmm. play. Mm-hmm. And Wednesday's teacher has pulled Morticia aside because she's concerned that Wednesday drew a picture of a woman that she was inspired by. Mm-hmm. And it was, and I quote, Wednesday's great aunt El- Calpurnia. She was burned as a witch in 1706. They said she danced naked in the town square and enslaved the minister. The teacher asked, really? Oh, yes. But don't worry. We've told Wednesday college first (laughs) that was great yeah that whole scene was really good because the teacher is trying to show Morticia the other children's um like pictures of who they look up to or whatever and it's like oh so and so chose the president isn't that sweet and she just looks at her like eye like really and then she says I don't even remember who the other kid had chosen, but Morticia's response is, have you, have you called her mom or something like that? Or have you called her parents? And I'm like, that's so good because it's supposed to be some real like inspirational person that we want our children to look up to. And she, her response is, have you called their parents? <laughs> that does bring up that scene, brings up an important question. Hmm. What happened to Margaret and Tully's child? Oh my gosh, that's right. They had a child. They did. Uh, it apparently needed to have spit all over its face for oh, something. That poor child, yeah. Maybe he ran away from home and found a better family to live with. Can I pretend that? Has Tully is gone. We can pretty much argue that Tully's not coming back from wherever Tully went to. <laughs> and... <laughs> Margaret is married to cousin It, and when they visit the family, the kid's just gone. Yeah. Um, Odds that they ate the kid. Very high. 
<laughs> he had those big cheeks, you know, and a lot of meat on the bone would have been okay. That was awful. Um, but yeah, I don't know what the point of that was. I don't know why they felt like they had to, I guess just so they had a reason to be at the school play thing. And then they didn't have any more use for the child. So, but that play was wonderful. Um, It was a little bit more blood than I would have liked it to be. And I don't mean that to say like there shouldn't have been any, Um, but they took it a little far. (laughs) Um, But it was great because here's all these kids singing this stupid song about how if you get to know me, you'll love me and blah, blah, blah. Um, heartwarming, no, really. Actually, about how you'll love other people if you get to know them, and I know that because that song plays in my head when I have insomnia. Oh, I just God. hear it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know every word of that song. Oh, I'm even more sorry. <laughs> and I love that it was in there because it contrasted even better to Wednesday and Pugsley's, Pugsley's performance. Yeah. And I also love that that was the setup of it where uh, Uncle Fester saw them performing, not realizing that he was actually Uncle Fester and got mm. pissed off because they're, they weren't aiming for major arteries. <laughs> yeah. And when he starts berating Pugsley about it, Wednesday says he's just a child. <laughs> yep. And apparently, according to Fester, that's no excuse. Nope, it's not. Not only did she stick up for her little brother, but the stick up was, he's just a child. He doesn't know where the major arteries are yet. (laughs) You'll learn, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was really cute. I loved the kids with um, Uncle Fester. Like, when they're so sad, they go and they're, like, asking Fester to go to the play because he's been told by his... But by mother, I, I I have to call her that, that he's not supposed to go because he the house will be all his and he can find, he can whatever, go get the treasure. Um, and they go and they knock on the door and they're like asking if he will go, if he's changed his mind, blah, 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 whatever. And he has to like yell at them and tell them no or whatever. And um, they like they walk away so sadly and you know that it's killing him that he has to not go because he was so looking forward to it and it's so heartbreaking and they did it in such a great way and then him showing up and how excited the kids get about it is great too it is and I love that Wednesday wants I mean they both do but I feel like Pugs for Pugsley because he is younger it's like he loves playing. So it doesn't matter what they're playing. He's going to enjoy it, especially if there's something violent to it. Um, But I love that Wednesday loves the like fencing thing or the, I mean, there's with swords, but it's similar to what Gomez does. Cause I can see that being like, they don't actually ever show it that way, but that being like a, she watched her dad do fencing and she wanted to do it too. You know what I mean? And for that, I'm surprised that he wasn't the one helping them though. Maybe he did and we just didn't see it and they were continuing to practice. Yeah, that's true. He's a good father. I believe that he was doing it. Oh, he he is. I wouldn't argue that person. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of good little lines throughout this movie and I really wanted to choose a different one than the one that I already knew I was going to choose before I rewatched the movie because I've seen it online. Um, And I really wanted to choose something else. I wanted to choose a pun, but the puns were funny as puns, but they weren't like great lines. But um, for Halloween, um, Pugsley dresses up like Uncle Fester. And then um, I think it's Margaret that looks at Wednesday and is like, oh, sweetie, what are you supposed to be? Or like, where's your costume? And Wednesday's response is, this is my costume. I'm a homicidal maniac. They look just like everyone else. And the line itself, but also mixed with the very calm way that <laughs> that it's delivered is so good. It is. And if I didn't work with sixth graders, I would have done that for Halloween every year. <laughs> Someday. <laughs> oh, I, she did have some good lines, but I think the best lines in the movie were all Morticia's. 
and she was my favorite character. Oh, okay. I think it was her really slow, dry way she talked that kind of made it seductive and kind of eerie. Mm -hmm. She never seemed like she was threatened or bothered. The most she did was raise her voice during the speech in uh, the motel that they were staying in. Mm Mm-hmm. But even when she's being tortured, there's a lilting quality to it where she's like, unbothered. Yeah. She's gone to the Adams estate after they were kicked out. And she is confronting Fester and Mother and Tully. (laughs) They strap her to a rack, which... We find they have used for sex before. (laughs) That's not much of a punishment. Nope. (laughs) But she's being strapped down and she looks at mother and calmly says, you're a desperate woman consumed by greed and bitterness. We could have been such friends. (laughs) Yep, that was wonderful. And Tully's best moment was in that scene, too, because Mother is heating up some red-hot pokers in the fire to torture her. And Tully is just sitting on the couch, and he asks if the hot pokers would smell. (laughs) (laughs) I also enjoyed that he said he gets this stomach thing when he tortures, and I'm like, A, how many times have you tortured people? And B, is that really a thing right now that you just said and also Morticia um to Tully says you've done this before or something like that and it's so good because yeah they use it for sex she loves the torture do it again you're doing a good job she's enjoying it Mm -hmm. and Tully is just like so freaked out by that her his eyes get so big and he's just like oh my god what the hell (laughs) Yeah, if we're talking, and I'm going to use your word, badass. (laughs) She does not have the, like, Sarah Connor, like, butch badass thing to her. She Mm -hmm. is a delicate woman, Mm -hmm. and she's very soft, but she is so badass, not only in that she takes the torture but in that she isn't like, oh, I'm going to wait for my husband to figure this out. He'll figure it out. No, he yeah. won't. It's a basket case. I'm going to go fix it because it's my family. And yeah. she doesn't take the backseat ever. When she suspects Fester, she makes it clear and she threatens him. Mm-hmm. And when things need to be fixed, she goes and fixes it herself. Yep. She is the backbone of her family. She really is. It's like she does that thing where she lets Gomez kind of have the lead regularly, but then the second, well, first of all, he has the lead in a more like in your face, I have the lead way, and she allows that. But really, she's the one doing everything quietly. Um, but then as soon as it's like, okay, he isn't he can't step up. He's not capable. He's not doing it right now. And it's breaking her heart to see what's happening to her family. Um, then she's just like, yeah, okay, I'm not waiting for him anymore. And it is really great. Okay. She she would have been my favorite, but I remembered so much, like a loving Wednesday so much growing up that I think that probably contributed to why she was my favorite in this. Um, I wasn't expecting her to be as big a character in this movie because they were the kids were so much younger here um and it was an, a pleasant surprise to see her kind of have a more lead role and for her to be involved in not only does she also question fester from the very beginning um but like she like she runs away from him and she has a little um like her in her in the floor of her room she has the little what do you call it like getaway trap door door. yeah thank you um so she's very capable too and you said it earlier she is very much like her mother and she's definitely not going to sit around and wait for somebody else to figure shit out and I really enjoyed that about her especially because she is so much younger and I wasn't expecting any like character development in any way you know no but 
I was very heartwarmed by the scene of her having Fester tuck her in and kiss the halves of her broken doll. It was so cute. It really was. (laughs) Yeah. I think... Go ahead. I was just going to say, there were so many good characters, though. I mean, I agree. Grandmama wasn't really a big deal. Lurch didn't really have a big role, even though I love him. Um... But like even Thing, I loved Thing, and there were there was like a whole okay. There were a couple of scenes that stand out with Thing for me that I would have thought would have been dumb and pointless, and like okay, why is this in here? But I actually quite enjoyed. Like there's the scene where he he looks for a job, and he goes and gets a job in an office where he's basically sorting the mail and delivering it to everybody and whatnot. And it's it's so good because it shows. A, that he's part of the family, and B, that he's contributing to help out. And I love that. But then there's also when he fi- when he follows Morticia and sees that she's in trouble and she comes back, he comes back and is trying to tell Gomez. So he does like sign language and he tries to write it down. And then finally he does, uh, what is it, Morse code to finally let him know. And then you see the exhaustion on a fucking hand of like how difficult that was not only to run back and forth, but also to try to get the message across. And then also um, Go- my favorite probably Gomez line was when he says, you're, you're horrible when you stutter or something like that. Or it's horrible when you stutter while he's trying to do sign language and it was great the funniest thing about the morse code is thing has to spill out gomez's cereal in order to get the spoon to do the morse code but there's a completely dry spoon right behind (laughs) yep (laughs) i mean it's i guess you can't expect that much from just a hand that might not have eyes like echo locates like a bat or something (laughs) But yeah, I think they never really made it seem like Thing was just a hand. He was a completely sentient hand. Yeah. So he wasn't just like a moving hand. He had some kind of a brain or something that yeah. made him have emotions and feelings and a goal. Yeah. And it made him a completely separate character without him having to say anything. That is going perfectly back to Cousin It because Cousin It doesn't really say anything either, but he doesn't get across anything. Thing is able to be a fully fledged character that isn't just a joke without having to say a word at all. Yeah, and the fact that they were able to have us as the audience see the emotions from a fucking hand was like whoever came up with that and was able to do that and the way that they delivered it well done because like how there are actors with full bodies and faces that cannot make me feel what they're feeling because they're so bad at showing it on their faces or in their bodies and here's a hand where I could tell that it was scared. I could tell that it was excited. I could like I could tell every emotion it was feeling, and it was just a hand. <laughs> um, I loved the mamushka, even though it was slightly strange <laughs> that out of nowhere the Adams Family movie became a musical for like. <laughs> It was such a good scene. Like, I don't care. If the scene yeah. is good enough, you don't have to set it up. <laughs> no, yeah, I agree. That whole party, actually, that they throw for Fester was really great. Um, not only do you get to see Fester starting to get really comfortable with the family and being part of the family, and it becomes a little more normal, and it starts to be, like, the changing point for him, I think. Um, but also, like... I looked at the when they're where when they're um when they're dancing everybody's dancing it's like a big room of people just what is it called waltzing that's what it is and I, it's important that it's waltzing because Gomez asks Morticia um how long has it been since we've waltzed and she says oh hours and I'm like 
of course, fucking hours. <laughs> um, but when I looked at that scene, I immediately went, man, if I were cooler and I knew more people and if the people I knew were cooler, I would totally have an Adams Family themed Halloween party where everybody had to dress up, not necessarily as like main characters or like no like characters you would actually recognize from the movie, but just dress up like you were at that party. You know what I mean? Do whatever the fuck you want. Make it as weird as you want. It would be so much fun. fun. Their family, the ones we got introduced to, were very strange. And they all seemed quite charming. Yeah. However, in the band, there is a guy who blows into the tail (laughs) of a snake. Like stereotypical snake charmer music comes out of the snake's mouth. The snake can't be having a good time. No, leave the snake alone. Or maybe it is. I don't know. I don't want to go there, but there's other things that look like snakes that quite enjoy being blowed on. Blowed on? That's not a word. Blown on. <laughs> yeah, but there's already too much bestiality in this movie. <laughs> like, no. Isn't just any bestiality too much bestiality? Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I I also thought it was a strange thing to see the like conjoined twins or whatever they were. I assume they were conjoined, like they had clothes on, so I couldn't see the connection of their body necessarily, but I could imagine it. And it was they strange. Were, and you can tell too because Morticia makes the joke. How can oh, I that's right. twice the woman I am. That's true. Yeah. It was very weird. And that, my favorite part is that Gomez and Fester at one point were dating each of them, basically. And then Gomez says that he didn't even, like, he didn't even like them. He wasn't really even interested in them. He was just doing it because he was jealous of Fester. And he basically, I think he says he wooed both of them. And I'm just like, conjoined twins can they date two different people or like are you just kind of stuck with one is that a weird like i i you know i don't actually want the answer to these questions they are two separate human beings yeah but then in one body though it depends where they can join that makes it a questionable thing of like if they've only got one vagina and they each have a boyfriend's Oh, that's, I didn't even mean it in that way. Yes, they are two different people, but like you are literally attached to each other at all times. So like if you do, each of you do have a boyfriend, sex is going to be weird. What are you going to do? Put a blanket over the other one and like soundproof headphones and just like pretend like she's not there. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it. Well, it's weird. What I can say is that if you are a person who's in that situation and it's mm-hmm. one life you're given to live, you probably figure it out. Yeah, that's a good point. And I'm not being judgmental. I'm just saying it was a weird thing that they said that they both dated the twins at the same time. Like it, each one of them dated one of them. And I just had a moment where I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> and not my business. It meant whatever it meant. But how dare Gomez? take both of them yeah and there are things that I can't possibly imagine like I can't imagine sharing my room with like a sibling Mm -hmm. because I'd never had to do it before if you spend every day of your life sharing your body with another person it might feel like it's a completely natural thing to you that's a good point that's a very good point but to be fair I did grow up sharing a room with my parents and my sister when I was younger because we didn't have money Uh, and then with my sister until she got married and left and I cannot share a room with anybody now I don't ever want anybody in my room just let it be my room and you have your room and we're good to go so I just don't like sharing (laughs) but hey that's just me (laughs) That's the most millennial thing you've ever said. (laughs) Wonderful. No, I've said way more millennial things like that. Like, you know, let's get avocado toast. 
That's more okay, than Okay, everyone, welcome back to the <laughs> Join Twins podcast. Okay. No, let's step away from that. I feel like I'm going to insult people and I don't mean to. So moving away. I loved the Girl Scout. Oh my gosh, that was so good. I think she and Wednesday had incredible chemistry together, and I'm so glad they brought her back for the second movie. Spoiler. No, I totally remembered that. Um, I'm glad that they brought her back, too. I know that she has a way bigger role in the second one, and I'm looking forward to seeing it again. Um, I loved that she's like, oh, are they made from real lemons? Because I only eat and drink things that have real fruits and vegetables, whatever. I don't remember the exact line, something like that. And then Wednesday's response about the cookies and if they're made of real Girl Scouts. <laughs> so good. And you would think that that was just a bitchy thing to say, but they do eat people, so. They do, yeah. I enjoy that the girls' whole thing was to trick them into buying cookies, which are more expensive than the lemonade. Yeah. I think she's a good businesswoman. Already. She is. And <laughs> you need that kind of foil for Wednesday. The person that Wednesday is going up against can't mm-hmm. be useless. It has to be somebody that can hold their own or else Wednesday can't shine. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm really looking forward to the second one to see oh. her more. <laughs> um, I do think it's funny though because our childhood is really fucked because there's so much fucked up with this movie. We you already talked about like the S and M thing. Um, there's there's a lot of weird shit in this movie, and that is including the fact that they do eat humans, and that is very clear. You know, um, and and anything else that they eat is like alive or at least half alive when they're eating it you know it's like they're moving around and shit so at least partly alive um and we're all rooting for this family like they eat people and we're rooting for them how often can we root for people (laughs) that do that you know what i mean eat people are the luckiest people in the world stop me please I don't even know what the hell that was, so I was too confused to stop you. Barbara Streisand puns, go on. <laughs> oh, okay. See, I don't know Barbara Streisand. Anyway, but I enjoy that they're able to make us like completely overlook that and just be like, yeah, that's a thing. It doesn't matter. They're still not an evil family, just because they um, eat people. <laughs> a movie can make you root for anyone. Mm-hmm. All they have to do are either make them very likable or make somebody else worse. That's a good point. And they did that. They did both of those things in this movie. They did. <laughs> like this family was very charming and even if they ate people, they loved each other so much and they were so funny mm-hmm. that it was easy to be on their side. Yeah, it was. I still want to see more love scenes between Gomez and Morticia and how often is it that I want to see more romance in a movie how often is it that your favorite character was a female my top two favorite characters were females actually because it is Wednesday and then Morticia so (laughs) and you know what too even more than that Pugsley is a little playful chubby little thing with the cutest little cheeks ever and the most adorable freckles on his nose and regularly that would have been my favorite character because I love when they're just little horrible children running around and they're so cute um and and he wasn't I mean maybe third I don't know I haven't thought that far into it but yeah my top two were females to be fair my bottom two were also females so I don't know what that means (laughs) but yeah this was this was a treat. I really, oh, I can't believe I just said that. But yeah, it really was because it was, I really thought I was not going to enjoy the first Adams Family movie as an adult very much. I didn't think I was going to hate it. I just didn't think I was going to enjoy it that much. And I really, really had fun with it. Well, I am glad to hear it because this is like a deal breaker movie for me. <laughs> I know our friendship would be completely over podcast would be completely over what would I do with my time your job maybe oh nah overrated 
Um, was there anything else? Ratings, yeah. is that yeah. what you are? That's where I was going, yes. I gave it a 90%. I really enjoyed it. There wasn't really any scene in the movie that I was just like, ah, oh, skip past this. This is boring. There was no point where I was really annoyed by any of the characters to the point where I just wouldn't be able to enjoy the movie with them in it. They were lovable characters, even though, like you said, Pinderschloss, Dr. Pinderschloss, as much as I disliked her character as a mother and how awful she was to Fester, um, she was still very enjoyable to watch. And then the ones that were just kind of boring characters weren't in the movie that much anyway, so it didn't affect anything. And I am very much looking forward to watching this movie again. So yeah, I really I really liked it. So thanks for forcing me into this. <laughs> you didn't even you didn't even force me into this. I think we both wanted to watch these movies equally. <laughs> well, we did and that made me quite happy. Good. What did you give it? I gave it 98. Ooh. I was going to do the degrees thing again, but go ahead. Mm. <laughs> uh I was not a fan of Margaret. She wasn't in the movie that much, though, to lower the rating too much. The rest of the cast was really entertaining. And this movie is kind of unique. It's family-friendly-ish, but it's still a dark comedy. There are not a lot of dark comedies that are suitable for wide audiences. Yeah. And this one was, and it was a great one. Yeah. Well, yay. I, I was, of course, going to give it a slightly lower rating than you. Because you are. This is your movie. <laughs> anyway, guys, check us out on social media. Uh, we're on Instagram at Millennials at the Movies. We're on Twitter, Millennials ATM. And my personal Twitter is Ami. That's A-M-I underscore movies. And mine is cantaloupe underscore eyes like the fruit. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.